Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. 49ers web zone, No Huddle Podcast. Part of the Odyssey family. I'm Al Sacco with Brian Rennick and Zane Nockby. If you like the show, subscribe. Hit the like button. We appreciate you all as listeners. Give us a rating. Excited to be talking Niners. A mandatory minicamp started this week. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so it was the first day today. And I thought some big news in terms of Brock Purdy came out, or at least good news in terms of Brock Purdy. Did you guys see this article Mayoko put out and where Purdy looks like he is at this point in his recovery? Yeah, it's... You know, I, what I thought was interesting, we talked about this right before we started recording. Um, you know, that that article came out yesterday and it feels like there was a little bit of damage control today. You know, Mayoko came out and said, that's actually just an opinion piece. But, you know, when you are <laughs> yeah. essentially the mouthpiece for, you know, the 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 49ers flagship station, um, I feel like an opinion piece tends to be a pretty well-informed opinion piece. So, you know, there yeah. is, there is, there is that, um, you know, but he did say, yeah, that's just an opinion piece. But essentially what they said was that Brock Purdy's ahead of schedule that he has already started throwing a football. None of that is incorrect. Uh, but what Mayoko said was that the team is confident that he will be ready week one, which, you know, they've, they've talked about wanting him ready week one. They've never talked about being confident that he'd be ready week one. And Shanahan was asked today in his media availability about Brock Purdy. And, you know, he kind of downplayed it. You know, someone asked, have you seen him throw? He's like, I don't watch that stuff. And then, you know, they asked some more questions. And basically all he said was, you know, he's supposed to throw on these days at this percentage, this amount of yards, and then he does it again. But the biggest, I think, the biggest news and, and the most encouraging news was that he has started throwing a football, and so far that has been pain-free, which is huge. Yeah, and Al and I talked about this last week where it's not – I think that if 
there's a setback here and there, knock on wood, there won't be, but if there's a setback here or there, it's not the end of the world because when you're coming back from a surgery like this, when it's a repetitive sort of motion that a person makes, it there is there is bound to be some sort of setbacks that a person will incur in, in their rehab. It's just it's just going to happen at some point. Have those setbacks already happened for Brock? We don't know yet, but I would suspect that while they would want him for week one, that they're not banking on him being there for week one. Because look, he still has to get his arm back into game shape. He still has to be able to throw to moving receivers and moving targets. He still has to face down a rush. Like there's a lot of things that have to happen for him to be able to be ready for week one. There's a difference to me between being cleared and being fully ready, right? Being cleared Mm -hmm. means that you can, you can throw and you can participate in all the activities, but being ready means like, okay, I can read my coverages. I can read the, the defensive coverages. I know where all my guys are going to be at. I can change the protections. I know that mental clock in, in that, that clock in my head when you're in the pocket, that's all calibrated. Like that takes time. Right. And I, I don't expect him to have all of that down right away. Like, look, he's only started eight games even before that. It's not like we're talking about a guy mm-hmm. who's been playing for 10 years and coming back from an injury. He was already pretty green to start with. So really what I'm looking for and hoping for is a steady recovery where we don't have any setbacks. He doesn't get into any bad habits in the, in the, in the process of his rehabilitation, which sometimes happens to athletes and you see him performing near or exceeding the level that we saw in the games that he started last year. I think that's for me, a reasonable outcome of all, of all of this. So, so what happened was for those who may not be familiar with it. So Matt put the article out and as, as a lot of reporting is done now, there's so many people covering teams that they often use other people's information as part of articles. I've done it. Everybody does it now. They take quotes from other articles. I've had it done to me for articles that I've done where they say when I was with KMBR, where someone would write an article and take something that I said, and people have done it for in this podcast, you know, for it's just, that's the way reporting is done now. So I'm not knocking anything. Do you remember, do you remember the Jason Brett thing? You broke that. The Jason Brett. I, that's the only thing I've, I've ever legitimately done in my career is I broke the Jason for the, Jason Brett, Niners were interested in him and I got zero credit for it because yeah. who the hell am I, I guess. But um, <laughs> it was my one like shining reporting moment, I guess, when I used to do that stuff. But so anyway, um, someone had wrote the 49ers reportedly believe Brock Purdy will be fully cleared to play around August 21st and is expected to start week one after making the full recovery per Matt Mayoko. And Matt just said, I didn't report that. <laughs> he just responded to it saying, I didn't report that. What Matt said was, if his road to a full recovery stays true to the 12-week time frame, he would receive full medical clearance to play football around August 21st or 20 days before the start of the season, is what he said in the article. Now, he also said some other things. And again, if this was just an opinion piece, which Matt said, the thing is with Matt, when Matt says things, everybody takes it as gospel because he is the most tied in guy. And I don't know. I think he usually says, I don't I don't want to put words in his mouth, but usually when he says things, he's there's a purpose behind it or he's right. There's some sort of truth. I should say a purpose. There's some sort of truth behind it because he's so tied in. So, but I guess people kind of read it wrong and Matt was like, no, it's an opinion thing. And he's of the opinion that there's no way what Matt said, there's no way, virtually no way one of Lance and Darnold would be able to take the job. I'm pretty based solely on practices based on his, based on Matt's opinion. I have the same opinion. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think that there's any chance of that happening. Kyle Shanahan also said a quote that Matt used in the article that was, very interesting to me, and I'm going to pull it up right now. Um, just to wait, and I don't, it couldn't have been too long ago when he said this, but he said, we, we know what we have in Purdy. I truly believe in my heart what Trey can be, 
it still takes time and you've got to do it. In the meantime, we have a guy sitting here who has already done it. So there's just, we know Purdy's the guy. It, it's just a matter of right now, is, is he physically ready to go in week one? Do they feel like he's okay? I don't, and I agree. I don't think there's anything they can do on the practice field and probably not in preseason to, to change that based on what we've already seen. And do I think the Niners want to trade Trey Lance? Well, I have a weird theory. Brandon Allen, look, you're not going to be the QB two. I'm not saying Brandon Allen is this great quarterback, but Brandon Allen was the backup quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals for the last three years. The Super Bowl bound Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals who were five minutes away from another Super Bowl last year. The Cincinnati Bengals who have Joe Burrow. He was the main backup to Joe Burrow. So he was a big time backup in the league in the sense that if the starting quarterback got hurt, this was a, a, a Super Bowl ready team that was turning the reins over to him. He is the 49ers fourth QB right now. Four. Okay. So what I think the Niners are doing is I believe if Purdy is healthy and he's the guy, I think they're setting themselves up to be able to trade Trey Lance. And I don't think they should trade Trey Lance. I am adamantly against trading Trey Lance, but I believe that they're thinking, okay, we know if Purdy's ready and he's the guy, we're going to do this competition for whatever it's worth between Darnold and Lance. And then we have Darnold, we have Brandon Allen as that third emergency guy, because now you can carry the three quarterbacks. So we have we have Purdy, and then we have two guys who, who can be solid backups, we feel like. And now we're going to go try to recoup some assets for, for Trey. I think that's what they're setting themselves up for. Now, that's not what I would do. I think that's what they're going to do. Things still have to happen between now and then. Purdy has to be ready. Um, Trey, if he sets the world on fire, which is always possible, may, maybe they, they rethink that. But I believe right now they've set themselves up to trade Lance. I don't I don't think you're wrong in thinking that. I think there are other people that that are kind of tying those uh or or what is it following the dots, following the smoke, whatever you want to say. Uh cuz he was asked <clears throat> Shanahan was asked today a, a two-part question. It said I have a two-part quarterback Brandon Allen question. One, just your initial impressions of him and he's been a number 2. It looks like he came here as a potential number 4. Do you know if there was a conversation before he signed about what led him here and why he viewed this as maybe a decent opportunity? And Shanahan said, when we knew in free agency, we didn't know we didn't know where Brock was going to be at the time, so we knew we had to go get someone to compete with Trey in case Brock wasn't. And we got fortunate with Sam on that. Then we felt good just with our targets and everything. And once we kind of started phase one, when we're doing all the quarterback drills and workouts, it was just, man, there's only two quarterbacks here. Brock can't do much, and we would like a third guy. And then we looked out there and he was available and then he had the confidence to come here. And then when we watched his tape and we've always known about him and we felt very fortunate to get him because he's been a backup in this league. And so when he came here and hopped in our drills, I think we got like two weeks with him and I've been extremely impressed. The reps he's gotten, he's done very well. And he's obviously not just a camp arm around this league. He's been a backup for a while, but just how good he's done in OTAs and stuff is going to give him a chance with us. And it was that last part where he says he's an obviously not just a camp arm. Yeah, and Brandon Allen isn't going to come here to be just a camp arm, especially having been a backup to Joe Burrow. And so, you know, I I really do think that there is something to that. I don't think it's a crazy idea. I've thought for I thought they'd trade Trey Lance pre-draft or during the draft because I felt mm -hmm. like the longer they waited, the less that they would get for him. The other thing that you've got to look at now 
is we're past June 1st, which means if Trey Lance is traded, they actually save three and a half million dollars this season uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in salary cap space. Uh, they're still eating like 10 million, but you know, it is what it is. And it, it just, it, it feels that way. And then there's reports that they were going to, they're going to try out Jack Cohn and, and somebody brought that up with Shanahan today as well. Um, and, uh, you know, basically somebody asked him is, you know, are you trying to, to sign this guy? And he basically said, no, but again, if, if this is, you know, if, if there's a lot of moving parts here and he's not going to be the one to, to ruin those moving parts by, by showing us cards. And so, yeah, I don't think there's, I don't think that's crazy to think. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if they did, because honestly, again, if Trey Lance doesn't play this season, his trade value just continues to go down. So you either have to capitalize now or you just, you just lose out. Right. I mean, are you going to recoup near what you got, what you paid? Absolutely not. But at this point you might as well try and get something because again, what, what are you doing with Trey Lance? If, if you're not starting him and you've got Darnold here and you've got, you've got Brandon Allen here, like at a certain point, I mean, it's not in their best interest to do right by the kid, but I would hope that they do because they're really, they're really screwing with his career at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know that, I know that ultimately this is a business, but you you just kind of feel bad for the kid. You know, if there's anything that the Niners that at least this iteration of the 49ers have done, that's been terribly handled. It's been the quarterback situation consistently Mm -hmm. since Kyle has been here. They they have made questionable moves. They have not the, the optics of how they've handled all their quarterbacks has been weird. They've they haven't been able to settle that position. They've had injuries, which is not Kyle's fault, but the handling of the quarterback position it, and how it pertains to Trey is basically par for the course of how they've handled quarterbacks all along here over the last six years. And that's the unfortunate reality is that Trey's just the latest guy, right? You insert whatever name you want there. And it's been very similar. And I think for different reasons, obviously, but I think that the whole Brandon Allen thing, look, he's 30 years old. He's, he's a, a career backup. He's been around the league for a while. Sam Darnold's a little bit different because he's, he's much younger. He's, he's four years, four years younger than Brandon Allen is. And I think that, what Kyle's trying to do here is trying to insulate his quarterback room with a veteran presence there in case Brock Purdy goes down. Now, look, they, they've done weird things at the quarterback position. Like, look, last last year, they paid Nate Sudfeld guaranteed money, and then they drafted Brock Purdy, and they had a competition, and Brock Purdy beat him out. Can you imagine if That's they true. kept Nate Sudfeld just on the principle of giving him guaranteed money for that mm-hmm. contract? It didn't matter in the end because Purdy was, was the winner in that competition, and he's now – the rest is history. So I think that a lot of this has to be taken with a grain of salt with regards to everybody who's beyond QB one. But I think that there is something intriguing about having a veteran backup there of Brandon Allen's caliber. And look at, look right at the point of the off season. We're talking about backup quarterbacks, right? But that being said, I think that Trey and, and what he's done and the lack of, of experience and the roster as it is now, there's just a mismatch there that's been created and none of it is really Trey's fault, right? He was drafted in a situation that he couldn't control and the injury, you can't control that not his fault. And now you're in a situation where he's still trying to develop and the team is ready to win. Now they're a player away, arguably from winning the Super Bowl. 
And you could argue that that player is the quarterback. And now we're, we're sitting here analyzing practice throws from Trey <laughs> where he misses yeah. a throw and it causes the Niners fan base to go into a frenzy. And it's like, I just wonder if it's better for Trey to move on at this point, because even if he starts, he's going to miss throws in the game. He's going to throw interceptions. He's yeah. going to fumble the ball. He's going to make bad decisions. The fans will turn on him in a second now at this point. And that's terrible for a young guy's career and terrible for a young guy's psyche. And I wonder long-term if this is the proper place for him. And I will say this, and I want to get into the receivers a little bit here in a bit, but people will say, well, the Niners missed on Lance. That's okay because they got Purdy in the seven, so it balances out. Kind of doesn't. I mean, unless mm-hmm. Purdy is got, you know, becomes a, definitely a franchise type quarterback. Because you gave up the firsts for Lance. Now what happens is you have guys that you have to replace in the next couple of years. You you need a tackle. You, you need another mm-hmm. edge. There's guys that are getting older. You haven't had first round picks to do that. So now you're hoping that a McKivitz can play right tackle. You're hoping that they can kind of do this hodgepodge at, at opposite Nick Bosa because they haven't had a first round guy because they gave him up for Lance. So while it may not hurt them now, it may hurt them in 2024. It may hurt them in 2025. And it might not, might not. And we may look back and say, you know what? It was a wash that they did. They drafted well. They filled in these holes in other places. They ended up okay, but it might not. So we'll see where that goes, but it's TBD right now with the Lance thing, whether in the long haul, it, it, it could end up really hurting this team. But also, let's be honest, the track record of this team drafting well in the first round is really low. It's right? well, I mean, outside of, outside of Nick Bosa and Brandon Ayuk, you could argue that they haven't drafted well in the first round. But to your point, Al, you're right. If you do this and you've given up those first round picks – it hurts your long-term depth and your ability to replace players. And the way that you overcome that is by drafting well in the later rounds, which they do. They do a lot and they do really, really well. And so that's where I feel like, I mean, you can bitch and moan all you want about what you gave up for Trey Lance and the fact that it looks like he's going to be nothing for this team. But at the same time, you still have guys that you've been drafting in the later rounds that are absolute ballers and, you know, and, and, and major contributors. And so if you suck at drafting in the late rounds and you give up your first round picks, then all of a sudden you're in trouble. But I do think that they've, they've acquitted themselves rather nicely in terms of overcoming what could be an absolute death sentence for a lot of teams. And so I, I think they do need credit for that. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I, you know, just to kind of piggyback off of that, I think that there's that saving grace that they do draft very well in those later rounds. And not that it makes a huge difference, but every every dollar counts against the cap, right? So those are all more flexible contracts too, the later round contracts than the early round contracts or yeah. free agent, mm-hmm. right? So that's offered them that flexibility to kind of keep this team together for longer and absorb those years where they've been injured and they haven't had great years, right? So I think that that's one of the things to, to look forward to going forward and, and be positive about. But the but the downside to that is this, is that like when you are losing a, a Trent Williams, for example, in a couple of years of retirement, or, you know, maybe something happens to Bosa and he doesn't sign or whatever, I think Bosa will sign. But when you're losing guys like that, like franchise level players, like are you finding guys like that in the later rounds? Or are you finding more solid contributors or guys that can step in and play 
well, really well, but not necessarily be franchise cornerstone players, like Hall of Fame caliber players. So there's there's a little bit of nuance there that that we are missing, but I think that that's a conversation for another time. And we'll say this too before before we, we move to the next topic. McGlinchey, for all the shit he took, dude started for five years, got a big contract, and the team went to three NFC title games in a Super Bowl with him. So yeah. is that a bad first-round pick? I mean, he wasn't a franchise tackle, but you certainly did pretty well with him there. So, again, if you filled in someone like that, maybe Kevin will be that guy. I don't know. But if you filled in somebody like that at right tackle, even though it's not a bosa IU type level, it still could be a consistent starter for you on, on a good team, which they, they didn't have the opportunity to do. But Debo Samuel came out today as well. He watched some tape of him last year. He said it was awful. He said it was bad in every way, and he believed that his contract situation was a distraction, and he admitted to, to being out of shape. He said he doesn't want to put that on film ever again. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. On the flip side, you have Brandon Ayuk. What did he say? He said he's, he's ready to take I'm off. Take off. He's going to take off this year. And I do. And the reports from Brandon Ayuk coming out of camp is this guy's just putting dudes in the blender. Like, he just looks great right now. And, and he looks shredded. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's coming out. He knows he's got a contract coming up. And mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers for these guys, it is a big year for Debo and it is a big year for Ayuk. And that's good to have that competition between those two guys. But De- Debo did not have a good season last year. And we, we've talked about this with Debo. He was Superman, Superman in 2021. 121 targets, 77 catches, 1,405 receiving yards, six touchdowns. And then he ended up rushing. What did he score? Another, I know I have it somewhere. 59, another, six, right? another eight oh, touchdowns, yeah. 365 yards on the ground. And he put the team on it absolutely yeah. on his back. This year, he just didn't have a good season. 94 targets, 56 receptions, 632 yards, only five total touchdowns. That's not production for a guy who's one of the top paid receivers in the league. And he's going to be making 28.5 million towards the cap when we get to 2024. So, he needs to have a big season, and it seems like he, he understands that because the guy coming on the other end, again, I think Brandon Ayuk is ready to absolutely take off. And when you look at what Ayuk has done, his rookie season, he, he, paid, he played 12 games. He had an 8% target share, 
96, he had 96 targets in his rookie season, which is a lot. 60 catches, 748 yards, five touchdowns. He only had five drops. Um, that's a very good rookie season. Then he had a really strange, he was in the doghouse to start his second year. Still ended up with 84 targets. Still ended up with 826 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, only 4.9% target percentage. But then this past year, I thought he really started to take steps to look like he was going to be a big-time receiver in the league. 114 targets, 78 catches, 1,015 yards, eight touchdowns, 6.7 target percentage. This is going to be a year where if there's a lot of mouths to feed, but Ayuk, I believe, is, is they throw the ball downfield a little more maybe with Purdy. He's going to have a huge season. And one thing, going back to Debo, he has to do. Debo has always dropped a lot of passes his whole career. His rookie season, he dropped nine was 11.1%, which is really high. Three that three in uh, his sophomore year, 6.8%. Ten, in, even when he was great in 2021, he still dropped 10 passes, 8.3%. And last year there was nine. So that's something Debo's always done. He has to get better at. But I think the two of them will raise each other's game. It's a good problem for the Niners. But I'm really interested to see what the, how this Brandon Ayuk thing plays out because I think he's having a huge season. My question to you guys, right, is what does that look like? Because last season felt like the season that he took off, right? You know, you you look at it; it's his first thousand yard season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and the one the one thing that I really appreciate about Ayuk is that his catch percentage has increased every year. His rookie year it was sixty two and a half. His uh, sophomore year was sixty six point seven, and last year it was sixty eight point four. Not only that, but his yards per reception. 12 and a half is rookie year, 14.8 uh, in 2021, and then 13 yards in 2022. Um, you know, he's he's a weapon. He's a big-time weapon. And my question is, what does it look like for him to take off? That's interesting to me because, you know, I mean, are we thinking, are, are we looking at it and going, well, then it needs to be 1,200 yards, right? Is that is that a, a true, like, burst onto the scene type performance or is it like Debo in 2021 when he had 1400 yards right but then the question becomes well if he's got 1400 where is Debo at right because when Debo had 1400 Ayuk had 826 which is still a lot especially in a in a an offense that doesn't throw as much as it runs and I just really feel like again the conversation has been Purdy Darnold you know, Lance, whatever it it's undeniable that, that Kyle Shanahan trusts Brock Purdy more than any quarterback that he has had in this mm-hmm. system since he's been here. And it's evident by the number of passes that they threw as an offense. Once Purdy came in, I mean, you're talking about a guy that threw damn near 30 times in a game that he came in cold, right. Against Miami. And now granted Miami was mugging up and, and saying, well, with this guy in, we got to stop the run and and we'll make him beat him make him beat us and 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 he did and i think a lot of teams thought that way but now the question becomes are teams going to still do that are they still going to try and take away the run and make brock purdy beat them or are they going to try and make brock purdy prove that you know last year wasn't a fluke but i do think that this offense is going to throw more than they have in the past and that's where it becomes really interesting like are you going to have two 1000 yard receivers um, you know, is Brandon Ayuk going to become the first 49er since Anquan Bolden to have back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons? I think that's almost, uh, uh, I mean, barring injury, I think that is a, a, a foregone conclusion in my eyes. But 
But then again, what does Debo look like? What does McCaffrey look like? What does Kittle look like? Like you said, Al, there's just a ton of mouths to feed. But, you know, I think, I've said it before, I think Brandon Ayuk is a better wide receiver than Debo Samuel. I don't think there's really many people in the NFL better with the football in their hands than, than Debo Samuel. But that doesn't necessarily portend to being a great wide receiver. And so it's just it's just interesting to me, you know, to feel like Ayuk still feels a little underrated and he takes that personally. And, and I kind of appreciate that because, you know, that means that he's ready to 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 show that he's got that dog in him. And I'm excited to see what it what it what it means for this offense, but specifically what it means for him and the numbers that he puts up next year. Guys, what an embarrassment of riches. Like, listen to <laughs> right? us right now. Listen, mm-hmm. to, listen to the guys we're talking about. Debo Samuel, all pro. George Kittle, all pro. Brandon Ayuk, up-and-coming star, stud. Christian McCaffrey, MVP. Like, it's just, it's absurd. It's absurd the level of talent that they have right now. And I think that, look, to me, the the key to the offense will be Christian McCaffrey. That's what I think the key is. Because there is no defense in the league that's going to match up with that. You can't, you cannot cover that. You cannot the only guy that I trust more with the ball in his hands outside of Debo is Christian McCaffrey in terms of making a big play because he is that dude. He's always been that dude. Brian, you tweeted out earlier today that I can't believe that the Panthers <laughs> traded Christian McCaffrey to Kyle Shanahan. And I have to pinch myself too. I, I like you sometimes forget because the very concept of that is so absurd. Christian McCaffrey in this offense, and we only saw half a season worth of that. You're going to get a full season now. A full season of Kyle Shanahan scheming stuff up for Christian McCaffrey. A full offseason for him to to learn the playbook and to be integrated into this offense. And a full offseason of health for him. And it's just, I think that, sorry, I don't want to detract from the Brandon Ayuk discussion, but I think that this is a part of that. Because as teams key on Christian McCaffrey, it's going to be guys like Ayuk and Debo that will reap the benefits of that, right, down the field. As guys collapse down into into the box, because we know what they're going to try to do. They're going to dare Purdy to throw the ball. That's what they're going to try to do. They did that last year. He was successful at it. He was able to overcome that. But they're going to look at that Eagles game as a blueprint to see how to potentially, quote, unquote, stop Brock Purdy. And more teams, it's copycat league. More teams will try to do that. So, yes, there'll be opportunities down the field for both Debo and Ayuk and also Kittle as well, for that matter. So I think that I don't know if there's a thousand-yard season coming from Ayuk because there's so many mouths to feed. But what I'm expecting is, like, 800 800 800 from McCaffrey, Ayuk and Debo. That would that to me would be a really successful season because that means that it's it's death by any number of ways for the opposition and we're not even talking about Kittle, right? So it's spread the ball around, it's hit the open guy, it is not focused on one guy or the other. I I just think that it'll be a by committee sort of uh offensive attack this year. And I think that Kyle's going to take advantage of that and exploit tons of people. So, Brian, you asked what I think it would look like. I'm going to say he is in the 1,200-yard range, and I'm going to say he's in the, he's in, he had eight touchdowns last year. I think he gets 10. He had six games of 80-plus receiving yards last year, but only one with over 100. And there's going to be games where he has two catches for 25 yards because of the way they, they spread the ball around and they may have big leads and things like that. But I can see him having some real big games this year, like eight catches for a buck 50 and a couple scores. I think he's going to have a couple of those weeks that, that put his stats up. And then where he has those real big take notice weeks where, wow, this, this dude absolutely balled out tons of yards, touchdowns. Now you mentioned the back-to-back thousand yard receiving seasons. The only 49ers wide receivers who have ever done that are Rice, Owens, and Bolden. That's it. So John Taylor did it's it wild. two out of three. It is wild. Yeah. John Taylor did it two out of three years. 
and I don't believe anybody else has has done it in back to back. And you think it was Rice for all those years mm. where he got, you know, lion's share of everything. And then it went to Owens. And then they had, I don't know, it felt like two decades where they just had awful wide receivers before Crabtree broke through with a thousand yard season. And then Bolden had the had the back to back ones. Um man, Anquan Bolden for the short time he was here. Underrated. He really, really underrated. Yeah. yeah. I think it was only was it three years or four years, but he, he was, was really good. Three years with, with the team. He yeah. came in and he was at the tail end of his career, and he had some really, really good seasons with with, with the Niners, um, and he had those back to back thousand yard years. So let me see if I could find that guy was a dog, back. man. That guy. Oh my god, I, I love that, Bolden. I was like, that was a Anquan Bolden was a was a wide receiver that played with like a linebackers mentality. <laughs> I yeah, love that guy. yeah. That guy was Dude awesome. had 2013, 129 targets, 85 for 1179 and seven. 2014, 130 targets, 83 for 1062 and five. And then 2015, 111, um, 69, 789 and four. So you had those two back to backers in 2013, 2014. He was, he was terrific for this team. Yeah. You know, like, so, right, guys, like you said, Zane, it's an embarrassment of riches. And I'm just it is. It is. excited it is. to see what, what, what Kyle Shanahan draws up with it. It's absurd. Yeah. And it's awesome. And I can't wait. <laughs> As long as they got somebody to pull the trigger, I know <laughs> it's right. a big part of it. They've, hey, they've right, got guys, four guys. They've got four guys right now. Yeah, <laughs> and bring Jack Cohn in there. Let's get five. Let's get five guys. That's let's right. One free quarter. Notre right, Dame right? legend. One of them got to work at some point. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, no, no, so no. let's give it some background. So we've been yes. talking about doing, at the end of the show, a, a, a draft for football movies. Yes. So I love movies. I watch a lot of movies. But the more I got to thinking about it is I don't really watch football movies, like not over and over again. I've seen a bunch of them, but they're not like ones that I'm going to watch constantly or, or pop on all the time. You know, I've seen Goodfellas 75 times, you know, things like that. There's not a football movie that I do. So these guys are like, we want to have a draft, fantasy draft. All right, I'm just gonna have to Google shit. So I hope maybe <laughs> these guys are prepared, and I'm gonna Google like the top football movies, and then just pick what they don't. But guys, what's the criteria for these football movies? Is it rewatchability? Is it like 
heartstrings? What's like, what's the criteria I, we're looking at? That's a great, that's a great question. And you know, this, this stemmed from now Zane, I don't remember the name of the gentleman who suggested this. Um, somebody Jeffrey suggested Walter, this there. It's you're right. Jeffrey Wallacer yeah. on, on Twitter had tweeted at Zane and I suggesting two topics. One was a topic that we covered weeks ago on a podcast and I perfect. And, and I don't remember what it was. And then the second one was favorite football movies. And we we're like, that's a great idea. What we should do is each of us should draft like a, a like a roster of five football movies and then and then we'll tweet out each person's you know list and then we could have you know fans vote on who has the best list right and so i would argue that what you're going for is essentially like if you were to have to sit down and watch five football movies would it be the five that Brian picked, the five that Al picked, or the five that Zane picked? I think that's kind of what what we had in mind uh, in terms of that. And so uh, earlier I did a, a little uh, randomizer on Google, uh, and I just put our three names in, and I hit randomize so we could get our, our drafting order, right? So we'll do a snake draft. So we'll go one, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three, right? Until we get yep. to five. And I, I promise you, Al, there's – Plenty, plenty of movies that that each of us could get five. Um, there's a movie, to be perfectly honest, as we were talking just now, I was like, oh, that's a great movie. I'm gonna, I might have to, I might have to snag that one uh, as I thought about it in my mind. So uh, with the randomizer, it came out as uh, our first pick is Zane, our second pick is me, and our third pick is Al. So you even get more time to think about it, Al. Uh, right. And so uh, let's kick this bad boy off, Zane. Uh, you're going to go first. This is your first pick in the football movie uh, draft of 2023. And in our, I, I feel like I already know what your pick is going to be because we've talked a little bit in our, in our little uh, thread, right? Thank, by the way, thank you and Al and David and I, we all have iPhones. So we've got the group message going and it's great. There's no yes. green bubbles in there to ruin it all. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Al or uh, Zane, what is your first pick in our 2023 football movie draft which we had a soundboard so you get the draft the build the, 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 the right. little uh alert right little, yes uh, yeah the pick is in <laughs> so uh maybe spencer can put that in but um oh there so, you go spencer if you could if you could if you could work that out we'll we'll pause a little bit so you could and you could you could put that in right and then if not i don't know then we've just got pauses <laughs> so we'll see so this, with the first pick of the 2023 football movie draft zane actually selects rudy nah i knew it <laughs> the single greatest football movie of all time if you don't watch rudy and at least shed a little bit of a tear you have no heart when he reads that letter from notre dame finally getting accepted that is one of the greatest movie moments of all time okay that is from childhood until now i don't care what else sean Aston is in like as an actor, he was in Stranger Things as well. No, he's always Rudy to me. Always. He's always going to be Rudy. Greatest movie of all time. Greatest football movie of all time. Great, One of the greatest movies, period, of all time. Fantastic. And now, as a Golden Domer, I know you love that. Yeah, that would have been one of my top choices, probably. Uh, one of my favorite, I would say one of my favorite gifts to use in in texting or on Twitter is that gif of Charles S. Dutton, Charles S. Dutton at the end. 
you know, he's the, yeah, he's the janitor. Just right. Pump. And he's just, and he's just like, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm like, yes. Um, Rudy's, family, yeah. Rudy's family are a bunch of assholes in that movie. They were, <laughs> they were really assholes. Oh, in like, the movie. I thought you meant in real life. I was like, oh, what a bummer. <laughs> no, in the movie. Yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were in real life too, but they were, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would have yeah, been like, they definitely, they, they did not believe in their son. Even yeah, a little Keep watching on TV, Dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apparently, Frank's yeah, not the older dad. brother. The, the older yeah. brother, Frank, he didn't exist in real life. They just created that character. For oh, me. they created a character? Didn't he, yeah, like, take his girlfriend? <laughs> I don't know if that happened. Yeah. What, what a dick move yep. that was, man. In like, the movie, didn't yeah. Didn't somebody take, take his girlfriend? Didn't somebody have yeah, his, his yeah. brother? Yeah, his brother. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving him tickets. Um, I, I'm not. Listen, I'm petty. God forbid that ever... I also love that John Favreau and Vince Vaughn are both in that movie as as Notre Dame players, which is like yeah. you know yeah, that's the funny. beginning yeah. of their careers. Um, yeah. All right, so uh, I'm here with pick number two, and again, there's a little strategy here, right? Like, you know, there's some that I'm going to pick that I think I don't think you guys will take, so I can hold off on those. But there's there's you know there's some heavy hitters that are that are probably going to go pretty early, and so uh, with the second selection in the 2023. 49ers web zone, no huddle podcast, football movie draft. I am going to take remember the Titans. Nice. Just, oh, uh, it's just, movie. it's just such a great, it's just, it's a, it's a great movie. Um, we've, we haven't shown our girls yet. Cause I, I'm not sure that they're, it's a little bit slower, but man, I've, I've yeah. seen that movie at least 10 times, you know, strong side, uh, you know, Julius went on to, to star in the wire, which is a great show on HBO. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, remember the Titans it's, you know, it's just, it's, I, I think as, as somebody that, that enjoys coaching as well, it's just such a great, uh, great movie. Uh, you know, uh, Denzel's Denzel's coach there is, is just phenomenal. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I just think it's, it's one of the best, uh, football movies that we that we've ever seen so remember the titans at number two so this is a snake draft so i have two picks is that the way that's we're doing right it? that's yeah, right. right all right so the way i'm thinking about this with the five minutes that i just prepped it while we were talking about it is i'm thinking rewatchability so this isn't like you know look remember the titans is just a great movie rudy's a great i'm thinking of movies that if i turn it on a half hour in 40 minutes that i'm going to keep watching it that's the way i'm looking at this right now so i'm actually going to go with invincible with marky mark Oh, okay. Okay. I actually really like that movie. And that's a movie that I'll just like when it's on, I just kind of sit and I'll just watch it because for whatever reason, I just keep watching it or whatever. I don't know if I like the underdog story or like, you know, wrong side of the tracks type thing. I thought I think that's a pretty good movie. East coast. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just think it's to me, to me, it's entertaining. The next movie I'm going to go with is absolute nineties trash. But when I was like, I was in college, maybe when it came out, I watched it constantly, <sighs> constantly. I don't want your life. Oh, I was taking it. I'm taking it. The 19-year-old version of me, or whatever, I don't remember what it was, but I watched that movie all the time. I had the DVD. I was an Allie Larder fan. Like I was all about it. So like I'm gonna go with Varsity Blues. That's that's gonna be my next pick. <laughs> that impression oh, was so such good. A, that was so good. Such a good one. Such a good one. Peak peak, peak Dawson's Creek or whatever that guy Jonathan, was. Jonathan Moxon. It was all downhill from, from QB that one. Billy Bob dude, who I'm pretty sure just played Billy Bob in the three movies he was in, and uh, oh, Paul Walker was in that yeah. movie, right? Do yeah, Paul so, Walker right, was. He's the one that uh, he's the rival. Yeah, he's the one that uh, that injures his his uh, injures his knee. 
and, Lance uh, Harbor. But look, he, he found his calling. Yeah. He, he, That's he right. Was a he, he took he was over for Bud Kilmer. Bud, Bud Kilmer. Kilmer. Such an asshole. Almost <laughs> as big of an asshole as Rudy's brother. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. And almost as big an asshole as the guy that plays him. John Moving Voight forward. <laughs> John Voight's a weird dude. He's, Is he? Yeah. He's kind of out I there. Don't yeah. He's kind of weird. He's, yeah. he's a weirdo. Um, yeah. yeah. Varsity Blues. That was, uh, man, maybe I should have taken that one with, with the second overall pick because uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't sure if it'd get taken or not. It's a great night. You know, movie. honestly, one of the things that I think is interesting is there's a lot of football comedy movies uh, yeah. out there, which, you know, I, I, I think tend to have more watchability than, than some of the serious ones. And so I'm going to go with one that I loved as a kid. And, uh, <clears throat> I have hinted at, at this pick with my, uh, with my tag underneath my name here. And I'm gonna go with Little Giants. Yeah, Little I Giants. Love that movie. With that's the oh Rick Moranis, Ed O'Neill, right? Yeah. Coach O'Shea, Coach O'Shea. You said you were yeah. Coach O'Shea. I didn't say which Coach O'Shea I was. And then obviously, you know, the famous play, the annexation of Puerto Rico, uh, and and Rick Moranis's daughter, the Icebox, who absolutely just drills kids. And uh, and you've got Buzz, the uh, <laughs> the running back for the the little cowboys right it's just a great movie uh i've again a movie that i've seen double digit times at least um and and just one that that my kids enjoy as well we've we've watched it here and so yeah my second pick is going to be little giants okay so i get two picks now so the first pick out of these two is going to be the blind side i'm all about the feels right, right now right all about the feels so i i i'm a huge sandra bullock fan i think she's fantastic uh michael Orr's story by the way he got his super bowl ring against the 49ers in 2012 but we won't mention that again but it was just a great movie really well done you know kind of cheesy in a way like uh but you had some you had some star power you had sandra bullock had tim mcgraw um god um what was that girl phil collins's daughter was in that movie as well uh she was she was the daughter in the movie which is really cool so yeah, like that was that was a that was one that I can sit down at any time and, I, and I'll watch that. I'm like, yeah, this is this is great. Next one I pick, man. This is this is tough because like I'm picking all the movies with the field feels, but I gotta go with this is this is mad corny and mad like like you know what what are you thinking? But I really like the replacements. <laughs> Oh yeah, dang it. I love that movie. I absolutely movie. love that read? movie. Shane Falco, baby. Shane Falco. Yes, Shane Falco. Gene Hackman was really good in that too. So yeah, the replacement, man. That that is that is my that is my third pick of the draft. So we got blindside, we got replacements. And Rudy, of course. Nice. That that was definitely one. That was definitely one that 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 I was hoping to get. Um, because I think that we have on the 49ers, we have the real life Nigel Gruff, Nigel the Toe Gruff. Yes. And that yes. is that is Mitch Wishnowski. It's just like yep. put a cigarette in Mitch's mouth and he's gonna look just like him. I love it. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right. So my third pick. Oh man. Again, uh football. I'm gonna go with one that is again, it's not. I've seen it multiple times. I'm not sure it's super rewatchable, but I feel like it's just a classic, like it's a classic football movie. And it's, it's the, I guess the, the perils of, of college football. I'm going to go with the program. 
Mm. Okay. I was thinking about that one. Yeah. Another good, it was an, it's a total 90s movie. Totally 100%. 100%. Dated, yeah, for that time, that was one movie that I would watch all the time too, but way back, again, wherever the hell I was, 13, last yeah. 13, 14, when yep. it came out. But um, yeah, J- Joe Kane just had a lot of problems, man. Joe just had, a, you know, came, again, dad was an asshole. Yeah. Again, yeah. Guy trying had to score some. problem. You had the dude on steroids. There's a lot yeah, going on. Yeah, trying to score some piss so he could pass the steroid test. Yeah. <laughs> the linebacker who hurt his knee and then, like, his whole life was over. I feel like yeah. he would have had other options after that. Like, if you're that big of a star, one, I think you could take out insurance on yourself. I'm pretty sure, sure you can do that. So yeah. if he didn't do that, I mean, it's schoolboy error on his part. He should have taken out that, insurance on himself. That movie but, always um, felt like it, it always felt like it was like loosely based on Florida State. That's what I. That's a vibe I always got from that movie. <laughs> Florida yeah, State that at that sense. time. At that time. All right. Did anybody take any given Sunday? Not yet. No. All right. No. I'll do that because I'm a big Al Pacino guy. So I'll I'll do any given Sunday. Um, I like Pacino. The movie's a little bit ridiculous. Um, but, but that's that's owl. another one that I, I think I would. What was that? He's an owl, fellow owl. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You gotta go, you gotta go with fellow owl. Now, here's one that I don't even think it's a I don't even know if it's a good movie. Another one I think is a little bit ridiculous, but it's one that I find myself always watching when it's on, and that's draft day with Kevin Costner. Oh yes. yeah, it's absurd, but it's so too. good. So again, yeah, it's one of those, it's almost like a guilty pleasure movie, I feel like, because it's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nobody went to Bo Callahan's birthday. You're not going to draft that. Bo dude. Callahan's a dickhead. He's a dickhead. And that's He's probably going to end up being a terrible yeah. father like Rudy's dad. Monte yeah. um, Mac, no matter dick. what, right? No matter what. Monte no Mac, no matter what. Listen, so those I, my- I watched that movie every draft season. I watched too, it. Yeah, me too. I watched yes. it Wednesday, the Wednesday night prior to the draft. I watched that movie because I love it. I absolutely love it. We need to have a watch it. party for draft day. We need to have a Wednesday know, night watch party. Jump on Zoom. Or we'll jump on the podcast and we'll just yeah. hear our commentary. Just publish the show. We should do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I feel better because I was like, I don't know how people really feel about that movie. I don't think it's one that's really talked about, but it's one that I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish watching it now. So that's my yeah. pick three and four is any given Sunday I love that. draft day. I love it. David love Putnam. It. All right. Just because I goddamn feel like it, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. For my fourth pick. Again, uh, there's strategy here, right? Like you want you want one that that people are gonna pick, right? So you don't want to go too obscure. There is a movie, and and it might end up being my last pick unless somebody takes it. Uh, this one is like peak late '80s. I'm not going there right now. I am gonna go again the comedy movie route, right? I I went serious movie, or I went like heartstrings movie, comedy movie, and then serious movie with the program. And now I'm gonna go with again another comedy. Give me the water boy. Yeah. Give me the water boy. Can't go wrong with Sandler. Yeah. Bobby Boucher. Love it. Love it. All right. Foosball, baby. Got to play the foosball. (laughs) So good. Uh, All right. So I got two picks here. I've got, so I'll pick one of them will be, uh, I have to give a shout out to the Bay. Okay. This one is not a very well-known movie. But it it chronicles the record-breaking De La Salle Spartans oh, from my yeah. hometown of Concord, California. Okay, one of my best friends was the quarterback Matt Gutierrez. Grew up with them. Oh. He was the quarterback of the team that broke that record. 
Okay. So Very that cool. that one holds a, a special place in my heart. It's called When the Game Stands Tall. It's about that team. So that is one of my picks. That's my fourth pick. My final pick, I will pick again. That that was kind of a like a you know mushy movie. My final pick, I will go with. Man, this is a classic. This is a classic movie, and I'm gonna go with the longest yard. And I'm not which one? The which one? Not the Burr Reynolds version. The Good. Adam Sandler, Sandler version. The yes. Sandler yes. Version. The longest yard. <laughs> yes. And Nelly was in there too, and Steve Austin was in there too. It was that yep. was a really great cast. I agree. I love that one. Uh, yeah. I I forgot that. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. I forgot that was Sandler. Um, yeah, yeah, I love all it. Crew, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, Zane has all five of his, he's yep. got Rudy, the blind side, the replacements when the game stands tall in the longest yard. It's a good list. It really is. Again, part of me, I, you, you had what you considered a Homer pick. I'm going to have what I consider a Homer pick only in that. I remember seeing this as like a little kid and I've seen it so many times and I love it and it's kind of obscure and I'm interested to know if you guys have either a seen it or at least heard of it. Scott Bakula plays a like almost 30 year old college quarterback necessary roughness. Absolutely. Oh, I love that movie. The little Australian rugger, right? As he, uh, um, what's his face? Uh, 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 Adam Sandler's buddy. Um, what's his name? Paul Schneider, uh, Rob Rob Schneider. Schneider. Rob Schneider is the is the announcer for the football team in that movie. Kathy Ireland plays Kathy the Ireland's female kicker, kicker, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Necessary Roughness. Uh, old, late 80s classic. I love it. All right, I'm going to blow your mind with this one. So I don't think anybody's yes. got this on their radar. But this is, again, another – I don't dating myself with this. Another 90s movie that, again, whatever the hell I was in junior high, probably I watch it all the time, School Ties. Oh, Remember that's that a great movie. movie. With that's a football movie with it's got yeah. Brendan Fraser, Matt Damon, yep. Ben Affleck, yep. uh, yep. up the cast, Chris O'Donnell, Cole, Cole Hauser, who's it's a yeah, yellow, tons of stars now. There's a lot of them, yeah. yeah. Um, that one dude I can think of his name, but yeah, that's that's a really good movie. Um, and I consider it a football movie, so that's I'm gonna round out my five with that. Nice, so it's all right. Sweet. So, again, so Al, what was your first pick? All right, so my, while my five are Invincible, That's Varsity right. Blues, Any Given Sunday, Draft Day, and School Ties. Mine are Remember the Titans, Little the Little Giants, The Program, The Waterboy, Necessary Roughness, and again, Zane is Rudy, The Blind Side, The Replacements, When the Game Stands Tall, and The Longest Yard. Oh, we've got, we've got, we've got a guest star. We've got a guest star on video. My little boy, the newest Niners fan, but the newest Niners fan. How old? Hey, you know what time it is? It's, 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 he's ten months. But ten you know what time old. it is? It's, it's time for me to prepare duty. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. All right, Zane, hey, don't be a dad. We're like I said, we're yeah. going to tweet this out on uh, on Twitter uh, probably tomorrow, uh, and you guys can vote. So make sure you vote for mine because it's obviously the best. Um, yeah, but, I prepped. Uh, for five, I prepped for five whole minutes on this. So <laughs> you guys take that. Okay. That was fun though. I like. I it like. The, and there's and there's some that uh, that didn't get picked that I was like, oh, interesting. Um, Friday Night Lights, great movie. 
Great movie. Yeah, great show. I, like I think the show is better than the movie. Yeah, better show, but, but yeah, good movie. But yeah, the movie, the well, because the movie was essentially was a, a you know, it was based on the actual book, which was a, a bio or you know, a, not a biography, but real events. Um, but yeah, Friday Night Lights. Uh, what was another one that I was thinking that didn't that didn't get picked? Yeah, I'm know. going through a there's list a right now to see if there's like, I mean, Brian's song. If you want to go old school, sure, not sure. Really, um yeah. yeah i think we pretty much hit on we are marshall was a good movie we are marshall that's the other one that i was thinking of yeah, yeah. that was i forgot about that movie but yeah yeah so are you gonna tweet these out brian is that what you want to do it kind of yeah yep i'll tweet right. them out and uh we'll use that uh hashtag that that gets us retweeted and and uh yeah you guys can vote and we'll see we'll see who uh who ends up with the with the best or or at least the the most popular list of of football movies but uh, but that's it. That's all we got for you today. Um, on Thursday, uh, we will be recording uh, the fantastic uh, Splash Cousin. Jordan will be joining us. Al will be on assignment, uh, but Jordan will be joining Zane and I, uh, and we'll go over anything that happens at, uh, at minicamp uh, tomorrow, right? Day two of minicamp. Uh, yep. But until then, for Zane and Al, I am Brian. We'll see you next time. Later. Nine is on three. One, two, three. Nine! Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.